Golf and rock and roll, not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going, even for the drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4, in the house, Holly G, along with the best caddy on the planet, Rich B. But, hey, the fairways are a little wet, Rich B. Uh, yeah, it's lift, clean, and place out there. Take your time on the way home. You're going to get some good golf talk radio right now. Let's get it on, Holly. Cooch! Nice, nice. The guy's steady. I mean, he's got a, he's even got a kind of a goofy move working now, you know. And a goofy beard to match. (laughs) I don't know what that scrubble is, is, but. Is that our fashion update? It was working for me. That's our fashion update. You're into the stubble. Wow. She likes the three day beard working. Yeah, I do. Nice. Hey, uh, okay, let's talk. Uh, What have we got here? Uh, Memorial Muirfield Village. Always a good time to watch a golf tournament. What was going on? You know, these guys were having some trouble out there, including Whoa. Mr. Mr. Woods. Well, he spent was, uh, a lot of time. He was your Sunday afternoon hacker. Uh, Sunday afternoon there, wasn't he? he <laughs> what a surprise! I, I think uh, Lindsey Lindsey Vaughn might be wearing him out a little bit. Whoa! There we go. Oh! There's our, uh, uh-huh, that's yeah. our e news update for today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, even the Golden Bear was a little surprised at how some of these holes were eating their lunch at Muirfield this yeah. week. Is it uh, the test of time, Holly? Like our relationship, there are some rocky roads. And, uh, you know, these uh, people... Nothing you know, but blue skies and green <laughs> fairways. You know, these, uh, these guys have seen the golf course before. It's not like... Uh, they haven't seen it. And, yeah, but you know, 15, the par 5? Yeah, just uh, eating uh, eating these guys up. Uh, par you know, 3? Was it 12? Not I mean, an easy golf course. But uh, t- Tiger, 79. Ouch. Yeah, obviously he lost his concentration, uh, or he must have had a bad hot dog uh, between <laughs> before he teed off. Yeah, he had something bad to eat in the morning. Well, he said that... Um, it wasn't that bad today. Rack, who, Woods, who racked up a triple bogey and two double bogeys on Saturday in a back nine forty-four. It was just one hole that cost me, obviously, a few shots. Whoa. That one hole? Forget about it. That guy, uh, he wasn't paying attention all weekend. Everybody had him penciled in as the favorite for, uh, for you know Saturday and Sunday. You Not know, yours like... truly. I picked Kucher last wow. week. Wow. How about that? I'm two for two. No way. Yeah. No way. I don't whole, believe that for a minute. Whole new season. We, you know, we started over after the Masters. Hey, you know what? And uh, what was it? Monday was the longest day in golf. Eleven qualifiers for the U.S. Open. Those are the uh, regionals. You have the local qualifiers where your local guys go out and try and qualify, and they'll take a few spots at each course. Okay, they'll probably have a four or five, six spots, and they gra- you know, they go to the next level, which is a sectional. And that was what uh, uh, they were showing on the uh, Golf Channel there. They had update, update, update all day long, 14 hours worth of updates. 
And um, to fill approximately half of the U.S. Open yeah. 156 player field. And that Sectional is, qualifying, golf's most democratic process. That is uh, the longest day, and it really was the longest day. They had one guy um, uh, and a 15-year-old kid. It was uh, They had uh, played off for seven holes. They had to stop because of darkness, had to come back the next day. First hole, uh, the older guy, I'm not sure what his name was, but, uh, yeah, beat out the 15-year-old kid, which makes for great stories because this is amateur golf. You know, your best amateurs, your best players in America play for a chance to play in the U.S. Open. Yeah, you had a bunch of notable players who were trying to get yes. in. Lee Jansen, in fact, What's of a, uh, Lakeland. Lee Jansen, what kind of move did he pull? 48. Last played in the U.S. Open in 2008, but of course was a two-time U.S. Open champion in 93 and 98. DQ'd because he's wearing metal spikes. How about that? Hello, Lee. Metal spikes are like 1993. Come on, guy. You got to put the spikes away and get on with the, uh, you know, the <clears throat> how about Fred, spider. How uh, about Fred Funk? One for the ages. Yeah, Freddie. The 2005 Players Champion. Uh, you know, I'd like Rocco to see. Rocco Media. One of these uh, older guys get after this golf course. It's not going to be the longest golf course they're going to play. And our very own Brian Open. Gay. Yeah. Qualifiers. You know, and that's a big deal. Anytime you qualify for something this big. Uh, you know, as a regular golfer, uh, that's as good as it gets. Well, Rich B., I was out at a little media event yesterday a at soiree? the Florida Mall. Really? Yes. Were you uh, the, dressed up, ready to go? The Oakley store there introducing its custom eyewear program. This is cool stuff, boy. I mean, you know, Oakley, they do it right. And I know you love your Oakleys. But uh, shout out to Chad Brooks, the store manager there. This is pretty cool stuff. Oakley offers 21 different lens tints and 28 customizable frames. And it's, you know, whether you're a, a cyclist, going to the beach, skiing, playing golf. In fact, they've got a new G30 contrast enhancement lens for golfers. Plus, uh, they carry a full line of golf apparel and accessories out there at the Florida Mall. So check it out. Cool stuff that Oakley's got going on. You can even change out the icon, the O icon in, like, 20-something colors. And if it's necessary. <laughs> you put the dark, dark ones on like I got now, so I can't even see you, Rich B. Come on, you got to get something out of that. I mean, you didn't go down there for nothing, please. What would you get? We what got, kind of swag did you pull this time? We got a little time? swag. We got a you, little you swag. You're pulling something yeah. Every, everywhere you go. Got a nice new belt. Awesome. Nice new white belt. But shout out to Chad Brooks and his team there. Go check out the Florida Mall, the Oakley store, and their cool golf gear. All kinds of cool golf gear. Oakley does have some nice lineup uh, for their golf wear. Uh, Rich B, the LPGA is playing at my home course this week. This is where it all started Locust for you. Locust Hill in Rochester, New York. Uh, the Wegmans Championship, their major. We're going to be talking to Jeff Shane in a little bit about that, as well as Bob Herrick, who's coming up next to uh, break down the memorial for us. And... As Shot was mentioning earlier, the Heathrow Open, 740 The Game, presents the Heathrow Open Monday, June 17th at Heathrow Country Club. Right after Father's Day, this is your chance to play this private club for only $55. Includes golf cart, range balls, breakfast, lunch, cold beers, goodie bag, and what we like the best, Rich B, post-tourney awards ceremony. Swag bag, you get stuff. I mean, everybody and brings stuff to give away. you're playing in a tournament. Away. You're not well, even going to show. You're you're 
just dogging me you know, because I beat uh, you in our last two little. It's that time of year, Holly, when all the good golf is being played, and you're going to be over there with Shot Doctor and Buffa trying to uh, uh, beat him up. You know what? I think you and uh, Terry Purdom could beat uh, Buffa and Shot Doctor. <laughs> hey, I asked Shot what his what his handicap was today, and he, and he fessed up. Nuh-uh. Said he shoots like a hundred. Really? Is this true? I mean, he talks like a pro. Oh, uh, well, you know. This you know, his is, two uh, iron and his one iron. and One of the great misnomers here over the radio. I'm thinking when he dreams at night, he just dreams back when he was, you know, 15. Uh, it's a dream. Still thinks he's got that kind of it's game, It's a dream. Right? It was never that good. Anyway, oh. he used to uh, do the shot of the day with Shot Doctor, and he used to uh, have some really crazy stuff he'd come up with. Yes, he did. Well, hey, we've got a lot more golf coming up as we talk about the FedEx, St. Jude coming up in Memphis, Marion, the U.S. Open, two weeks away. Lots of golf to talk about. Stay with us. Drive safely. You're listening to the Golf Insider 740, the game. Stay with us. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. Oh, struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G, along with Rich B. I can't believe we... Play that cut that says the word shank, Rich B. You, Thank you very much for bringing that ever up. Ever suffered from the shanks. Shank you don't you. want to hear that word ever. Hazel it going. And you know that I have struggled with that. Hazel it going, Holly. All yeah. right. Beauty. Beauteous. <laughs> well, it was a big week at Memorial, and uh, we're going to go straight to our main man, Bob. Herrig from ESPN.com. Busy Bob Herrig. This yes. guy's busy as anybody right now. This is the time of year. Hey, Bob. Thankfully, I get paid by the word. Whoa! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> both, both on video and in print? <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I wish that were the case. No, it doesn't oh. work that way. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I'll tell you what, this uh, old memorial uh, seemed to really sink its teeth into some of these guys, even surprised the Golden Bear with how they were having some struggles out there this week. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. I mean, uh, Matt Kuchar, um, if I'm not mistaken, didn't shoot around above par, uh, which tells you how well he played. And yet, then you had guys like... Brant Snedeker and Dustin Johnson shooting in the 80s, and of course Tiger with his highest score ever for nine holes and shooting 79. And there was only one player who managed to get through a round without a bogey, and that was that was Kevin Chappell on the final day. I mean, it was um, you know uh, obviously the the course has a has a strong reputation, but. It, it hasn't had a reputation to, to bite quite like that. So, uh, yeah, there's some guys that walked out of there with, uh, you know, shaking their heads, obviously, and, and, and uh, a bit frustrated at how the week went. Well, no doubt, uh, Tiger on the top of that list and has got to be giving him some concerns coming into the U.S. Open two weeks away. Yeah, I mean, uh, you wonder how much... Uh, that will impact him. I mean, uh, was that a setback or an aberration? 
Um, uh, he'd been playing so well, obviously. His last four tournaments had been three wins and and a, a tie for fourth at the Masters. Uh, and, and before that, um, you know, he had had two lackluster events uh, where he, he didn't was never really quite in contention at the Honda, and he missed it was first round loser at the match play where he actually played pretty well. But before that, he had he had won at Torrey Pines. So, you know, really, it's um, it, it it was the it was the first time he really didn't play well at all since the first tournament in Abu Dhabi. And so, is this a is this a hiccup or or you know is it is, is it something more? Um, you know, I, I'm not sure we should read too much into it. Uh, you know, it'd be one thing if he had been struggling for most of the year, uh, or this had been a, a uh, you know, if he had been trending this way. I just think he had to, happened to have a bad week. He certainly didn't putt very well, which, which, um, you know, I, I think that's something that uh, comes and goes with Tiger. You know, that's that's something that uh, you can always, uh, you know, sort of we're going to always sort of wonder. Um, at this point in his career, he, he's not automatic anymore, and he's going to have his weeks where he doesn't he doesn't putt that well. That that to me is not as big of a deal as if he if his swing was off, if he was hitting it poorly. And I don't think he really hit it poorly. I mean, he actually for the nine holes that he shot the 44, he hit six of seven fairways. You know, he he missed a, he, he missed a few too many greens and and struggled to get it up and down on the ones that he did miss, which suggests short game uh but other than that you know he actually hit the ball okay he just had a had a week that a lot of guys have all right bob now uh he's going to take this week off this is the fedex week in uh, memphis and uh okay and then he goes right back at it uh at the u.s open you know bob you know just you know real simply do you really think he's got a chance of winning uh you know in two weeks here at the u.s open i, I do i mean i think uh I think his game is at the point now where you have to figure he's going to be a factor or, or certainly someone to watch uh, at every major. Um, you know, the, the difference uh, is that, um, uh, you know, actually, I, you know, I just sort of think we're now back to that point where he's number one in the world. He's won enough around the world over the last two years that he's just, you're, you're going to expect him to be up there. Now, whether he is or not is another story. Um, and, you know, there's no guarantees. Last year, he won going into the Masters. He won going into the U.S. Open. He won a few weeks before the British Open and, and didn't win any of them, you know. So there's never – there's no guarantees in golf. It doesn't necessarily translate from one place to the other. I, I've been fighting Webb Simpson. You know, last year he missed the cut at, at the Memorial by six shots. I can't think of anybody who was picking him to win at the Olympic Club, and he did. So – you know, maybe it's a little bit better for Tiger that he comes in with those doubts that uh, might get him a little bit more focused on some things, as opposed to trying to fine tune. Maybe he's he's uh, you know this week he's he's grinding over a few issues in his game to make sure that they're better. Here were a couple guys that were in the hunt that are looking good for the Open. Justin Rose finishing tied for eighth, and uh, of course Adam Scott, the Masters champ, tied for thirteen. He was in the mix. Right, I like them both. I mean, uh, I've liked Justin Rose every every week. I think this year, you know, the the problem is is he hasn't broke through to win. I mean, he's high up there in the world, uh, fourth or fifth in the world, but yet hasn't won a tournament anywhere. 
it speaks to his level of consistency, uh, just not his ability to close the deal. Adam Scott is this unique case. I mean, one thing that's interesting to hear is, is, the, is the effort he's putting in um, at these venues. He's already visited Marion for a couple of rounds uh, before the memorial, and he was going to be arriving there again tomorrow to play a bunch going into the weekend. And he, he really seems to take seriously the idea of getting ready for these things. So, uh, you know, that's, that's also an un, another interesting thing about Tiger that, that you sometimes wonder about is he played the one practice round uh, at Marion uh, before the Memorial, and that's it. You know, he's gonna, then he's going to get there. Maybe he'll play Sunday. And then he'll play again, you know, leading up to the tournament. And, um, you know, it, is that enough time to learn the course? I mean, I think he believes it is. But, uh, you know, I, I would have thought he might have, he might have tried to get in a little bit more, uh, especially before tournament week when it becomes a zoo. Another guy who played pretty well, and maybe Marion sets up for him, especially after his disappointment last year at Olympic, Jim Furyk. Right. I would think that the Marion is perfect for Jim Furyk, guy who can hit a lot of fairways. Length isn't that big of a deal. Uh, it will be on some holes, but most holes, you know, we're hearing these reports that there's a there's like a seven-hole stretch where, you know, guys are going to have wedges and nine irons, every one of them. You know, that's going to be huge is, is can you come out of there. Uh, I believe we are talking about, uh, the starting at the 13th going backwards, 13, 12, 11, 10, uh, 9, 8, and 7. Those holes are, are kind of the holes where you need to get it done. Uh, the finishing five holes are really brutal, um, and, and the first four or five holes are tricky. There's two par fives in there. That's another interesting thing about the course. The par five, there's only two par fives in there at the second and the fourth hole. So once the weekend begins and you're, you know, everybody's playing the, the course from 1 through 18, you know, those so-called scoring holes, the birdie holes, are done uh, after the fourth hole. Uh, then you've got to stretch those, those shorter holes. There's, there's going to be a par three, the 13th, that you know, might only play 110 or 20 yards, depending on where they put the pin and the tee. So, you know, guys are going to have some chances if there's that. It's and, about as uh, opposite a venue and setup as compared to last year at Olympic. It's an yeah, I mean, interesting it's change for the USGA going, going this way this year it, everybody talks about the shortness of the course it's only it's not 7,000 yards it's just less than it's been 10 years since there's been a, a, a U.S. Open course that's played under seven and met more I believe I think Southern Hills in 2001 was the last time um, and but but it's it's sneaky I mean you know we've got there's there's two par fours that are over 500 yards including the 18th 521 I mean, let's be honest, that's a par five for most people, you know. Uh, that's, that, that, that means that if you don't hit a good drive, you, you, you're going to have a long club in, uh, and, and you might be missing the green a lot, scrambling to make a four, you know. So there's, there's, some, there's some difficulty there, no, no question. I don't think it's going to be a pushover at all. And uh, I think it's fascinating that they've brought it back. I think it's going to be really fun to watch. We're talking to Bob Herrig, ESPN.com. Rich, got a question? Yeah, you know, Bob, the uh, one of the, the 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 notes on the golf course itself is it's tiny. The property is very small, and the you know the amount of spectators that they're going to allow on the property is is a very small number compared to some of the tournaments that they're doing these days. 
That's correct. Uh, they've limited the ticket sales to 25000 a day. Um, there is not the room to get people around. I mean, for example, in Marion, they have an east course and a west course. The west course is about a mile away. That's where the players are going to have their locker room facilities, where they're going to eat, where there's going to be a practice facility. They can use the driving range at that course. Then they're going to be shuttled to the east course. The road between the two courses is closed. So they, they won't even go in the locker room at the venue where they're playing. It's just so they just don't have the space to be able to accommodate them. That's, that's one thing that I think is going to be interesting and, and might be a bit of an annoyance for those guys. I mean, you know, you're going to warm up and then you're going to have to ride a mile to the course and you play and, you, you know, not even any, any place to hit balls there, just a practice green, and you play and you uh, uh, sign your card and they shuttle you back. You know, so old school, old school, Bob. And those, yeah, and those finishing holes, those like five finishing holes. There's no, there's not room, I don't believe, for spectators to be in between the holes. They run like some of the holes run parallel. It's almost like St. Andrews, where you know all the spectators are kept on the outside because you know that's a links course where the you know they're basically parallel holes. Well, there's sections of this course that are the same way, and there'll be no spectators on the interior. Everybody will be on the outside. They've got way more uh, uh, grandstand seating than at any other course I've ever heard of. And, and the idea is to get people into the grandstand because they figure it's just going to be too hard to follow people. So it is going to be very, very unique. From a logistical standpoint, it's going to be a big challenge, uh, you know, not just for the players, but uh, but everybody, the spectators. The, you know, there's just not the room there. But they, they decided they wanted to take a chance and see how it worked out, and I think it's uh, I think it's an interesting gamble. Hugh Wilson is the golf course architect. He was a gifted amateur. This was his maiden effort, and the USGA president Richard Tufts called it a model test of golfing skill and judgment for future architects to copy. And that was back in. 1911. Pretty interesting. Uh, the guy I've got my eye on, Bob, who's been playing pretty well, he usually starts out hot on the West Coast and then kind of fizzles, but a guy who's been pretty consistent, Pat Perez. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> he sneaky had a good tournament there at the, the Memorial last week also. You know, um, King kind of uh, got on the leaderboard there late. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if it were somebody who like that, who who doesn't always get mentioned, uh, you know, I think uh, I think there's a lot of people that have a chance simply because you know the top players are not going to have the advantage of, of course knowledge. Um, it's not brute strength or, or distance. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think a combination of, of that and accuracy is, it goes a long way. And you know, there's a lot of guys that have a hard time doing that. You know, and Temperament is a, is an issue. That's always been a problem for Pat Perez. You know, I, I think the rough is going to be pretty brutal. Because guys, it's going to go back to some of that rough we were used to seeing before uh, they went to this graduated concept. And that's sort of the protect the course. They they know if, if things get soft, guys are going to be able to really fire at this one. And if they uh, and so, the way they're going to protect it is make sure you hit it in the fairway. Yeah, and if they get any rain, then that'll be a whole nother story. Last question before we wrap up here, Bob. Um, Phil Mickelson missing at Memorial, playing this week in Memphis. Um, interesting strategy? Well, I think for him, uh, it's 
it's uh, it's not that unusual, really. He likes to play the week before majors. Um, has kind of made that his habit, not so much at the U.S. Open. He went a bit stir-crazy this year when he didn't play the week prior to the Masters because of the schedule change. He played in Houston, and then he didn't play San Antonio. You know, he likes to he likes to be competitive the week before uh, and not get overhyped. So I, I think it's a good move. All four of his major wins, he played the week before. You know, the three, the three Masters that he won, he had played uh, the week prior, twice in Atlanta and once in Houston, and, and also the week before he won the PGA. So I think it's a good move on his part. You know, as long as he deals with the heat in Memphis and all that, he went to Marion earlier this week to get in his little scouting report. So, um, you know, in a way, I think it's great. It's good to have Phil engaged like that. You know, the U.S. Open, he's been second five times, and the one he dearly would like to win the most at this point. And uh, obviously, he's probably running out of chances. So uh, it's great to see his game uh, uh, be in, in tip-top shape going in there. So who do you have your eye on to hoist the trophy at the FedEx St. Jude on Sunday? Yeah, you know, tough one. Uh, I I went with a bit of, on a bit of a flyer with with Josh Teeter of all people. Josh Teeter. Josh, Josh Teeter has has played some pretty good golf of late. He won the qualifier to get in the British Open two weeks ago. He was second in the in his U.S. Open qualifier on Monday. He's never played in a major, and is now qualified for both Opens. And in between, he had some pretty good results at. Uh, uh, at Colonial and at uh, Memorial. I mean, not you know, not super super high, but he was he was on the leaderboard at both tournaments for a time. Is sandwiched in between those qualifying rounds, so he's been playing some golf. He's got nothing to lose. And uh, hey, you know, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a flyer on old Josh Teeter this week. All right, we love it. Thank you, Bob. We appreciate as always you spending some time with us. The Golf Insider 740 The Game. We will be right back with much more golf talk. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play a pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni. I think it's nice. You're back. The Golf Insiders. Taking you home on the fairways of I-4. Holly G and Rich B. Rich, a couple of weeks ago, I've been out at Reunion a lot, actually, recently. The ING Conference, International Network of Golf Conference, as well as the big announcement that the North Florida PGA section is moving its headquarters to Reunion. And... On hand for that big announcement was the executive director, Rich Smith, along with LPGA legend, Annika Sorenstam. And we had a minute to sit down with her, along with someone you know real well, John Rieger, who's the past president of the North Florida PGA section, and to find out what she is up to. This member of the PGA of America, and being a PGA golf professional, I've been a member for 30 years, and I think it's really special that now you are a member of the PGA, an elected member, and that's really cool. What do you think about that? Thank you. Well, I'm certainly proud. Uh, you know, the game of golf is, is my life. Uh, it's been part of 
everything I do growing up to what I do now, even when I stepped away. And, you know, now I focus a lot more on growing the game, educating people, inspiring young kids especially to pick up the game and really share the benefits and, you know, the pleasure that it has. And, uh, you know, I'm all about family and growing uh, together. So, uh, you know, I think this partnership makes a lot of sense. I'm proud. Uh, obviously, the PJ of America is a it's a very good organization. Uh, there's a lot of good things for the game, so I look forward to doing some more collateral things together uh, because our, our missions align very well. So uh, let's try and do something together. So now you were at the top of the, of the game mm-hmm. in professional golf, mm-hmm. and now you're doing something all like Greg Norman in the sense that you're out there promoting golf in a different way, not mm-hmm. playing, but in the business of golf, the charity of golf, things like that, which has been tough. Which is a tougher thing to achieve, <laughs> playing or or becoming a you know philanthropist and a businesswoman and those kind of things? Which is the greater challenge? Well, I don't know if it's you know if it's uh, if it's tougher or tough. I, I enjoy what I do in different you know capacity. You know, playing the game, you're an ambassador in a certain way, you're a role model in a certain way, and you're achieving your goals. Uh, now, what I do is is very different. I'm still achieving my goals. I'm still hopefully an ambassador for the game. I'm hopefully still inspiring the young ones. Uh, it's just I don't necessarily have the clubs in my hand to do the talking. So, But I think that, you know, as a professional, you learn so much about the game. You travel around the world, and, and you, you see and feel, and, and uh, you know, the benefits this, this game has. And, and you know, I, my tagline in my business is share my passion. So uh, that's just going to continue on. Yeah, you're a young mom mm-hmm. and young kids. Mm-hmm. What do you tell parents about getting their kids involved with golf? How would you do that? I mean, I know you are. I see pictures <laughs> out there with the kids playing yeah, and yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. But yeah. what, what do you tell parents to get their kids involved with golf, especially because you're, you're no different than any other parent. You want the kids to play golf, enjoy golf, but we don't want to, like, push golf on them, and yet we really want to take it up. What do you, What's your strategy with your children? Well, you know, I'm, I'm not an expert. Uh, all I can see is uh, and do is kind of go back to the my experiences what I've seen what I've learned and and uh, and kind of a little bit of my instinct uh, it's, it's a game we can play all our lives so number one is I tell them there's no need to rush uh, it needs to be fun the, you know uh, if you don't have fun then you're not going to play it for a longer period of time uh, I tell them it's important to learn and respect the game you know the integrity of the game and uh, so, you know, my plan for my kids is, um, like I would tell anybody, is, you know, it, it needs to be fun. They want to tell you when they want to go out. Give them the resources, but no pushing. And, uh, you know, if we can all play together, my, my number one goal is, is to be able to play a foursome with my husband and my kids. And, you know, that is my dream foursome. So hopefully that will, will happen. Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter what level they play as long as they can enjoy it. And, uh, you know, be able to share it with my parents, with Mike's parents. It's a family game. And hopefully we can trans, you know, through generations in our family. And hopefully other people can do that too because it has so much to bring. I, I mean, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for golf. So um, that's, that's the message that I give to people. Well, I'm no. curious about one thing. Yeah. Whose wine is better, yours or David Frost? <laughs> There's no competition. What can I say? Annika. Absolutely. <laughs> Annika, let me ask you a couple of questions yeah. in terms of the women's side of the game. Yeah. Um, the LPGA, uh, where do you see the LPGA today, and how are we going to get some more tournaments here in the USA? Yeah, well, I think that you know that's the goal, to have a few more tournaments. But I, I must say, I think the last... Two years, we've really seen a nice turnaround for the LPGA. You know, we're getting tournaments. You know, 
overseas for sure. We're getting some more exposure. Uh, I think Mike Wan is doing a terrific job when it comes to you know, running the LPGA, the partnerships that he's building again and the relationships he's picking up. You know, he's very respected. The players uh, players like him. So I think once the economy turns around, uh, I think we're going to see some more uh, U.S. Uh, U.S. tournaments for sure. And, you know, with the, the nice uh, performance of Stacey Lewis being number one, I know it was just for a little uh, short time for, for the moment, but I think that's, you know, just energizing uh, the LPGAs in this part of the world. I mean, it's very, it's big global, but in this part, I think that's what we needed. You said you just came back from China. Are yeah. you doing some projects over there? Uh, I was, um, I am a, I'm a member, or I should say I'm a, a representative of uh, Pacific Links. It's a, uh, it's a uh, membership in China, and what they do is they have over 90 courses around the world. And if you buy a membership, you get a chance to play all these courses. So uh, this is a great way to, to grow the game in China. Uh, they don't necessarily have the access to golf courses like we do. So here you put together travel, uh, experiences like, you know, world-known courses. A concierge service that's impeccable with shopping and activities. Uh, that's what they're bringing to the table. So Greg Norman and I, we were over there as ambassadors for Pacific Links. And again, just educating them. Uh, golf is less than 20 years old in China, which is unheard of. I mean, I've played golf for 20 years, more than 20 years. So it's a very new thing, and uh, I think that's where you know a lot of the growth is. Another big announcement you made, mm -hmm. a collegiate tournament coming here to Reunion. Yes. It's going to have your name on it uh, mm -hmm. in the fall of 2014. Yes. How exciting is that? Oh, it's terrific. I just got the news about 45 minutes ago. We've had it in the you know, in the works. Uh, but then Sheila came on board and said, I want to do it. I want to support you. We want to be the home of the Annika Collegiate Event. So it's fantastic. Again, it's another way for us to promote the game and inspire the young ones. And, uh, you know, I can help them educate them in different ways, you know, through my experiences. And uh, we will be able to give out the Annika Award, which is something new also. It's to the best female collegiate golfer. They haven't had that award, but they've had it on the men's side for like 41 years. So I said, yes, it's about time that the girls get recognized. So that award will be presented at this uh, collegiate event as well. So just elevating, uh, you know, the game for the young ones and hopefully uh, inspire them to continue to follow their dreams. Great so, stuff. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Passion. The woman has passion. Where was that at? Uh, the Orlando Ale House? There was a lot of noise in that thing. That was a big reception the North Florida section put on, Rich B. Nice. Yeah, Very it nice. was great to spend some time with Annika. And check out the Annika Academy at Reunion, one of the best in the country. You're listening to the Golf Insider, 740 The Game. We'll be right back with Jeff Shane. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so lean and mean. I got good eyesight, I'll be all right. We're back. The Golf Insiders, wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk. In the house, Holly G and Rich B. And we're talking the second major of the year for the LPGA, the Wegmans LPGA Championship, Rich B, up in my hometown of Rochester, New York. And the way this tournament went this past weekend at the ShopRite, um, it's looking pretty good for Sean Sean Fang, who was the winner last year at the Wegmans. 
She finished second this past weekend in the ShopRite LPGA Classic. So uh, it's looking good for her to come back and defend, defend her title. Uh, the 22-year-old made history last year as the first player from mainland China to win on the LPGA Tour. You know, Holly, I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm an LPGA fan, and I'm watching the LPGA uh, this week uh, or over the weekend. I've got free Golf Channel. Thank you very much, uh, Dish Network. And uh, the biggest question I've got is who is working with Michelle Wee and that putting stance or whatever she has got going. It was, uh, it was the most absurd thing I've seen in quite a while. I mean, she's a tall gal, right? Six-something? Yes. And she's, like, folded in half and putting. With, like, a 30-inch putter or something, yeah, or what? I don't know. It was just crazy. And uh, this is what it comes down to now. If you uh, want to see uh, Michelle Wee in a very compromising position. Well, she was certainly in the in the hunt to, to She played to, pretty well. To win. And yeah, um, I, think, I think a lot of eyeballs tuned in as a result. <laughs> but uh, without delay, we want to bring in Jeff Shane, our former man of the Orlando Sentinel, and now with the PGATour.com. Hey Jeff. Hey, don't don't you understand the historical significance of Michelle Wee's putting stance? Oh, I'm sorry. I Do missed... tell. Yeah, please. <laughs> Back in the 30s or thereabouts, there was a pretty good professional by the name of Leo Deagle, who, like a lot of players, was a very good ball striker and a less than very good putter, and he experimented with a lot of different ways of putting before he settled on this weird stance where it looked like he was bent over in half and his elbows stuck way out to the side, and that's how he stroked the ball. It's also uh, a forerunner to the anchored putting. That that stroke was called deagling. And I, <laughs> when I wow. see deagling, I... <laughs> That's what it reminds me of, the Leo Deagle story. I love that. How about Jeff? Can you believe that the Orlando Sentinel let this guy go? He no, is no, so no, deep no. in they the weeds. They just downsized. He's corporate. You know, I'm so mad right now with the uh, uh, Orlando Sentinel, Jeff. I'm just... Uh, Here comes a rant. Oh, uh, I'm just beyond myself. <laughs> you see, there's not a mention of any golf at all uh, in the Sentinel today, which is, uh, you know, I, I don't get it. Um, you know, they could have done a feel-good story for the FedEx St. Jude you know, coming up here uh, tomorrow, nothing, not a mention, not a nary a mention. But uh, you have nothing to do with that. Is anybody listening over there, Jeff? <laughs> well, you, you can only hope. But it, it isn't Thursday, at least when I was when I was at the Orlando Sentinel, Thursday was the day when the column and notes ran, and I got half a page to talk about whatever was important for that week. And so I am... Just taking a guess, because they, they do have some subcon- subcontractor relationships going, that they'll, the, the golf half page, I think, still is on Thursdays. And so it does serve as a, as a good lead-in to whatever that week's tournament is, but you've got to wait 24 more hours. Well, you've covered a lot of LPGA golf. Kari Webb having a, you know, her career still consistent and you know, a, a good, good year for 2013. Um, Paula Creamer and Anna Norquist, who's both been playing well, had a pretty good tournament. But how do you see it shaping up for this week at the LPGA Wegmans? Well, it could be interesting because it looks like that we've got a little illness and injury 
rolling through uh, the LPGA Wegmans as well. Because, yeah, and a few uh, um, de- uh, withdrawals, right? Yeah, Yanni Sen had to uh, pull out of, of the Pro-Am. She's been ill for uh, the last uh, couple of days, uh, canceled her news conference and and uh, all of that. Uh, the reports are that they believe that she's uh, got tonsillitis. It's definitely a, a sore throat and inflammation um, but not not an official diagnosis, but but she's definitely dealing with that. And now uh, we've also found that Christy Kerr uh, is battling tendonitis, and she also pulled out of the pro-am today. And so uh, a couple of the game's top names going into uh, going into this major with with not such good form. But I do love what Carrie Webb. Uh, pulled from the past uh, this past week over at the ShopRite. Uh, she's, uh, believe it or not, she's still only 38. She was uh, made her LPGA debut 17 years ago at the age of 21 and and just took the, the field by storm. And you think she's been there forever, but she still uh, is a couple of years short of 40. Yeah, I was um, actually trying to figure that out before uh, we came back from the break, but she is playing some good golf. Uh, speaking of injuries, looking at Memphis and the U.S. Open, Brant Snedeker still fighting this rib injury is starting to take some shots or something. It, it well, was reported. And, and he's had to. He's had to. Um, uh, it's a little deeper than that because not only is he dealing with the recurring rib injuries, but he's actually undergone tests to find out what it is. And I forget the official medical name of it, but. He's learned that he actually does have brittle ribs, and so he is going to have to undergo some sort of, uh, I don't know if it's dietary supplements or, or what, kind of, uh, what kind of corrective measure to uh, make his ribs stronger so that they do not crack uh, when he swings a club like he does. And, and it's, it has affected his game. as He's only had two real good performances since they've come out of California. The good thing is that they were at the Masters and the Players' Championship, and the U.S. Open does set up well for a guy that doesn't need distance to, to have an advantage, uh, but it's it, it's been a rough couple of months for Brandt. So as we look at the U.S. Open, uh, Matt Kuchar, big win this past weekend. Do you think he's a favorite coming into Marion? I think he has to be looked at uh, as a favorite. He's putting really well. Uh, he's, he, he hits it in that average length to where uh, he, he's neither gains advantage uh, on the type of course or, or, or loses advantage, but he's a very accurate player. And uh, really, if you take Tiger out of the equation and Brandt out of the equation now, you know, post uh, West Coast swing, I, I think Matt may be your most consistent performer out there, and certainly there aren't. Uh, there are a few uh, more intense competitors behind that. Behind that smile, uh, he just uh, is the type. He loves all sports and, and likes to win at anything. If you challenge him at tennis, he'll he will definitely beat you. If you uh, say let's play doubles, he will bring his wife, a former Georgia Tech player, and they will beat you. And he's the king of the table, the ping pong table at the Ryder Cup and, and Presidents Cup. So. Uh, and now he's got the golf game to go along with all of that. Yeah, popular guy. It would be great to see him break through and get that major on his belt. No doubt about it. Jeff Shane from PGATour.com. Thank you so much. Before we let you go, who are you keeping your eyes on this weekend at Memphis? 
from a little under the radar. It's Scott Stallings. He's got consecutive fourth-place finishes as he enters uh, TPC Southwind. Scott Stallings. All right. I love it. Thank you so much, Jeff Shane. Check him out online, PGATour.com. Rich B., you going to pull one from your hat for this weekend? Kevin Chappell. Kevin Chappell. All right, and I'm going with... Boo Weekly. Boo! <laughs> Boo, he's my man, and I'm sticking to it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. The Golf Insiders, we're out of here.